People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. Episode 62 here, and I am Matt, alongside my brother as always, Joe. What up, what up? And we're here to talk some wrestling, as always. It's kind of what we do here, I think. And uh, I want to start off... <laughs> I want to start off with a little bit of a... Kind of a kind of a fun topic, but something that I don't think we, we, we really talk about a lot in 62 episodes. Uh... So, real quick here, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly describe why how this came about. You know, I'm, I'm on the WWE Network. I'm watching it with a friend of the show. Uh, by the way, if you don't have the WWE Network, you you need to get get it already. I mean, I'm tired of telling you guys this. <laughs> 20x20crew.com/slash/podcast is WWE Network. I, I'm already starting to plug shit. I mean, this is what we do. Um, again. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. Don't take our word for it. Get 30 days absolutely free. Support the show while doing it. And find out what the hell we're talking about when we say it's actually a legit streaming service. So anyways, I'm, I'm trying to find something that's a little, like, not too serious to watch. So I throw on one of their original programs uh, called Countdown. It's, it's It was a launch title for them and all okay. that stuff. So I put on the episode of, of, of Biggest Blunders because it's, it's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, you know, for those not familiar with Countdown, it, it's exactly that. It's a, it's a countdown. They, there's a topic, and it's a top ten, you know, from ten you know being the least to, to, to number one biggest blunder. So I guess you, you want to be number ten if you're going to be on the list altogether. You know, like, number 10 was Sid Vicious, or Sid in general, and just <laughs> basically his entire career. The uh, the, the infamous in-your-house pay-per-view Oh, that was so great. Where he, uh, <laughs> he screws up his line, and then he's like, no, let me, let me do that again. And Jim Ross's like, no, we're live, pal. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's not recorded. It's live, man. Learn, learn, learn what pay-per-view is. But, um... The, the next one, number nine, was the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm not going to go and break down what the Dungeon of Doom is because, you know what, I don't have that kind of, of mental capacity to handle that anymore. <laughs> it is one of the worst factions that ever graced the wrestling ring. <laughs> so, the friend of the show, getting back into wrestling, and... They make a comment that kind of sparked what I want to talk about today. Because, okay. you know, they said that wrestling needs, and, and keep in mind, not necessarily Dungeon of Doom, because okay. they're not familiar with the Dungeon of Doom, okay. but needs more characters in the sense of, I guess, gimmicky? Sure. If you want to call it that. Um, it made me think, because, you know, it. You go back to when I first started watching wrestling. You had, you had evil dentists, you had clowns, you had yeah. You're not a fan, I know. Um, you had uh, hillbillies and 
dumpster guys or, or garbage men, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. You had gimmicks. You know, obviously you had the Dungeon of Doom as well. So the question, so, so, so the question was, <clears throat> to me, was, do you think that wrestling would ever go back to, to having characters in the sense of fantasy based characters? Because let's 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 the way I explained to this to this person was is that everything's a gimmick, for the most part. Very rarely is it verbatim real life. Right. It is very mm-hmm. rare. These are these are gimmicks. They are playing a role on TV. The problem is, the difference is, I should say, is that they don't, first of all, you don't have things like uh, job-oriented gimmicks, you know, like uh, the goon, Mm -hmm. who's a hockey player turned professional Professional wrestler, wrestler. or you don't have fantasy-based characters. And I, and I wasn't going to, like, go insulting and be like, like the Dungeon of Doom, but, like, let's look at somebody that still somewhat exists today, the Undertaker. You know, the last of a dying breed, I guess. So what? my question to you, what say you, gimmicks, should, if, 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 if even if done correctly. Okay. Because, let's face facts, a lot of times it's not done correctly. And, and it's very important. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a PCO, for example. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I, and I think it's fair that we, brought, we bring him up for this particular yeah. Oh, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does, does, does wrestling have a place for gimmicks like that still? I think sports entertainment more than professional wrestling does. Sure, that's but fair. But to be fair, um, professional wrestling has gimmicks. They're just uh, they're toned down. Yeah, they're toned down. You you have uh, if you're a true professional wrestler and not a sports entertainer, your your gimmick still exists, but it, it's just toned down. It's almost muted. And I say that because you you know you have someone like the NWA Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis. Right. You know he he has that. Uh, I guess you could give him the the, the gimmick of, um, you know, classy, like a classy gentleman. Yes. You know, that's his gimmick, and it's not over the top. Right. He's, he's not out there, you know, he's not very extravagant, although he's supposed to be, you know, things of that nature. The, you know, this isn't Ric Flair in his heyday. Right. And again, this is professional wrestling we're talking about. You have... Um, you have someone like Marty Skrull, the villain. Mm-hmm. You know that is such a, a it's a it's a broad gimmick to have. Like, yeah. what is a villain? Right. It, it's basically whatever the hell he wants it to be. You know, and so he comes out. He's got the uh, the plague mask on. Right. And you know he for whatever reason he identifies. Uh, he's he extended that to um, you know a lot of uh, feathery. A wardrobe, mm-hmm. you know, that he comes out with, and and he's made it all his own, and that's his gimmick. Um, but it's a very general, very broad term uh, that he uses as his gimmick. Right. You have uh, the Briscoe brothers, who you know that part of their gimmick is that they are brothers, mm-hmm. and so they always come out, and their ring attire looks almost exactly the same. So yeah, gimmicks do exist, whether it be professional wrestling or sports entertainment. I think the difference is in sports entertainment, they are produced 
with their gimmick being uh, much more of a priority. Right. Because, let's face it, they they are able to... Like, they benefit more from it financially because they put so much into the gimmick, you know? Like, you have the New Day. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, every bit of merch that comes out from those guys, I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, it sells. Right. Even if it's a $20 box of cereal, <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, both 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 sides of of wrestling have have uh, definitely have gimmicks, and and I'm not me personally. I as long as it's done correctly, as long as it it makes sense somehow, and I say it that way because again, like all the examples I just gave you, mm-hmm. you you have to make it work. You who whoever owns that gimmick has to make it work, and and you know I bring a you brought a PCO. I'm gonna bring them up again. Okay. For you and I, PCO does not work. No, not at all. Um, and and it's, it's, it has the potential. It has the potential to work. I mean, he's tried, and, and um, he's gotten over. I'll give him credit. He's gotten over with a bunch of fans. It's just not the two of us. <laughs> uh, my daughter as well. She cannot stand PCO. Um, He's scary to watch. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when we seen him at that Black Label Pro show, he did a, a move to the outside, and uh, she told him to stop it or he'll die. And so, <laughs> but that seems to be that seems to be overshadowing what he's trying to accomplish with that gimmick. Right. And uh, I think he's painting himself in a corner that he's not going to be able to get out of, unfortunately. And that's what scares me and, and you as well mm-hmm. about PCO. It's like. You know, I, I applaud him for trying and shit, but you're, you're kind of going about it all the wrong way. When I when I see PCO, I immediately think of the show Jackass. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, <laughs> it's it's all fun and games at first, but then you look at, like, where Johnny Knoxville is now, and it's sad. It's sad to see how, how beat up this guy is because... This is all that he knows. Yeah. To put his body through hell to get people to say, hey, I like this guy. Um, PCO is on that same boat because he is okay with putting his, his body on the line in ways that really nobody should be putting their body on the line. Just for people to say, hey, I like this guy because he's, he's, de- he's not all there. He's not human when we all know that he is. But going back to the gimmicks... I don't know if, even if done correctly, I don't know if we have room anymore ever again to have somebody like the Repo Man or um, things of that nature. You make a valid point, and, and I'm going to chime in here just for a second. Okay. Um, I think gimmicks like that, that has less to do with professional wrestling or sports entertainment what I'm saying, yeah. and more society uh, let's face it. Uh, after nine eleven, mm-hmm. what were the big what were the big uh, archetypes that were popular? Firemen, mm-hmm. policemen, right. you know, EMT, uh, you know, ambulance drivers. All those, all all those job titles became popular in comics, in in uh, pop culture in general. Right. Those were the heroes, you know, and so I think back when those gimmicks were around. Mm-hmm. They were so prevalent because that's kind of where we were in our society. Um, and, and, and let's face it, John Cena 
capitalized off of that um, during his days in the in the WWE. Right. Um, with you know, although he was a doctor of thugonomics, uh, the moment he had the chance to uh, start saluting the troops and, and showing support, he jumped on board. And you know, like it or not, you see no marks. It helped his gimmick. Right. It just did. It helped him evolve into something different than just a thugonomic doctor. Well, let's also not forget <laughs> uh, the initial success of the opposite side of the spectrum, where you had Middle Eastern guys kind of taking the 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 role of the bad guy all over again. All over again, yeah. Um, it didn't work because of I think a lot of it too is a product of the times. Anytime something happens nowadays. Everybody knows about it within seconds, within mm-hmm. minutes. And, you know, you look at a character like Muhammad Hassan, when he was going on, I mean, it was a brilliant character. On, on I, I was going to say, it, you know, let's, let's face it, he he was a heel. Mm-hmm. He did his job. Yeah, absolutely. He did, it, he did it so well to the point where <laughs> they basically had to get rid of him. Yeah. It was too good. It was too good. Too good, and it hit home. It hit home too much. Yeah, too, too much. Too yeah. much. Yeah, and it it was it was a shame because that guy career ended because, because of that. He did what everything was supposed to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, gimmicks are are an intriguing thing. You know, fantasy gimmicks. I don't. You know, like, are, you think we could ever see another Undertaker again? You, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. Um There was an article. I don't remember who published it. But it, it has been reported that both Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are um, basically going to take the and Triple H are going to take the extra time and effort with someone you and I have been talking about for a very long time, and they are going to give him extra special attention because they see so much potential in him and his gimmick. Who am I talking about? The one and only Aleister Black. So it has been reported WWE Creative is going to go full throttle with him. Mm. Um, and they 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 really do feel that he's got that Undertaker vibe. So don't get me wrong, they're not trying to make Undertaker 2.0. Sure. But what no, they sure are they. trying to do is make Aleister Black version 1.0. You know? yeah. So I'm excited to see what they come up with, and if it works. Because let's face it, you know, you and I have been talking about that for the longest time. Right. He does have that vibe. It's that supernatural, uh, macabre sort of gimmick. And I think if anybody can pull it off, it's him. Even even that being said, it's still reeled back a lot compared to when The Undertaker first broke in. You know, it's not a guy that is possessed by an urn that some fat guy is holding. Okay. You know, like, his power comes from this, where he can summon fucking lightning or this and that. Fireballs and shit like that. Like, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if that if that's something that I could, I could buy into. Because at the end of the day, where wrestling's at now, I, I, I love the Undertaker-esque vibe. I do. And I, I, I do like the fact that... Uh, you know, obviously, supernatural. There's realism to that, if if that makes any sense. Yeah, there is. And and that's cool that they that they play to that. But like, if he's gonna start throwing fireballs and, and producing lightning and shit like that, 
I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I, like, I, don't, the I, don't, I don't think it's going to become that. Um, let's face it, uh, especially since Triple H has something to do with this. Right. I think out of the three of those guys, he's more in tune with, um, you know, today's product and what it should be. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, let's let's face it, I, I, the fireball thing, that's an if for me because that is something that was used in a non-supernatural way throughout wrestling history. You know, I've seen it in Memphis matches. You know, I've Fair seen enough. It. so a fireball kind of a thing. That's you know, that's neither here nor there with me. But uh, you know, lightning and things like that. Again, if they find a way for it to work. And, and make it relevant, especially with him, I'm all for it. But that's the trick. Right. That's the trick. That's something that you, you're going to have to really think about and do it in such a manner to where it gets over with the crowd. So at the end of the day, gimmicks are they're, they're always going to be a necessary evil, or if you want to call that, a necessary force in, in professional wrestling. You know, everybody everybody's a gimmick. Well, yeah, basically. because if you don't have that, what do you have? You have UFC, mixed martial arts. Yeah. Because everybody goes in, they're just fighters. And that's okay. I'm mm-hmm. not de- I'm not right. d- uh, degrading that at all. Um, sure. Because they speak with their skill. Right. Um, but that's not sports entertainment. That's not professional wrestling. That's what sets those two sports apart. I, I guess my thing is, for me, in professional wrestling, because... You're trying to perceive something as realistic, like, all right. Here, let me let me let me backtrack here a little bit. Chikara. Okay. Chikara is a great example of some of a company that doesn't take itself seriously, seriously in the sense of where their gimmicks are at. They're very over the top, and they're designed to be that way. It works for them, but if you're going to be, let's say, if you're going to be like a Ring of Honor and have what you have now. And then bring in a supernatural character. That character's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And I think that was the problem. That was one of the many problems with Punishment Martinez when he was there. I mean, his first problem was that he just didn't want to do put in the work mm-hmm. to get better. But you have this kind of this over like over the top like almost demonic character, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. And so they like middle of, of everything they just scrap it and and see that was that was the issue with that for me anyway is right. they didn't put the effort in and and let's face it punishment martinez wasn't making it easier for them to to push that gimmick right right you know it that's that's the thing you have to go 110 uh, percent into in whatever gimmick you're going to present to the fans mm-hmm. otherwise it's not going to work it has to have the proper backing Dungeon and Doom, should we bring it back? Who who the fuck would be in Dungeon and Doom? I'm trying to think, like... Well, Kevin Sullivan's still around. No, I get that, but other than Kevin Sullivan... And to be honest with you, I don't know that I would want Kevin Sullivan back in Dungeon and Doom. I didn't want him the first time. Right. You know. um, I think if you bring it back, it has to be more realistic. See, so we could bring back Dungeon and Doom. Like, uh, like, for my money, right off the top of my head, throw the authors a pain in there. Okay. As part of Dungeon and Doom. You want guys like that. But are they still authors of pain or are they like some like, you know, Bigfoot and Godzilla or some yeah, crazy well, fucking Well let's let's be honest. They're they're in the WWE, so yeah. you know 
it's a it's a really big possibility that shit like that happens. I mean, yeah, we just got introduced to a fucking Viking experience a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, so. well, there you go. So. But uh, I mean, yeah, do, so, something as <laughs> abstract as a dungeon of doom can work. It's just it has to have the proper backing and it has to have enough gas behind it. And if you do it right and you have that support, it's gonna get over. And and. As much as I and you and I don't like the whole Viking experience name, I mean they've changed it, obviously. But yeah, um, I don't know what it is today. But, it, um, what was it? The 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 war? It was war something. It wasn't war raiders or raiders something? The ra- the, yeah, raiders. Exp- I, don't, I don't remember. But I digress. <laughs> even, even regardless of what those two guys are called, yeah, whatever they're going to do. They they have to now they have to work double as do, like doubly hard mm-hmm. in the ring to right. get to get that over. I mean, you had over a top gimmick uh, with Bray Wyatt for the longest time. Again, and, very, very macabre. Yeah, and and if you're pushing it the right way and you're making those uh, those right steps towards the success of that gimmick, it works. But the moment we had that fucking, uh, what was it, the House of Horrors match? Yeah. That was fucking horrible. Well, so here's, here's my point. Because, like, I agree with sports, what you say of being a sports entertainment, but this is where it fails, too. Sometimes, a lot of times, they push it too fucking far. For example, the broken or woken Matt Hardy, whatever you want to call it, it was woken in WWE. When it was when it in TNA, the reason why it worked, because... You, you scratch the surface of it just enough. Yeah. You know, for 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 WWE, they had to keep going further and further and further and further with it. It's like you went too far, and now you made something that was already ridiculous, and made it just completely so far fetched that it's it's worse than like a fucking Tim and Eric show on on acid. That that is what is commonly referred to as jumping the shark. For those who don't get the reference, there used to be a show called Happy Days. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where Fonzie, like the coolest character hey, on, hey, yeah. on the series, uh, he decided that uh, with his motorcycle, he was going to attempt to jump, uh, use his motorcycle to jump, to do a jump. Okay. And he did it over a shark. And so that was like, that was pushing it too far. Yeah. After that, it was like, come on, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. That's why people call that jumping the shark. When you go too far with something, it's jumping the shark. And that's what WWE needs to figure out. Yeah. Because you're absolutely right. They do jump the shark with a lot of shit. And it, it's because whatever gimmick they're, they're trying to build a culture around for their universe, they start off, they usually start off on a decent foot. Mm-hmm. But then you have a lot of people who don't, necessarily get the gimmick i.e. the merchandising department and then so it's it just becomes it becomes its own entity in a bad way right and it jumps the shark and now you're stuck with all this shitty merch (laughs) and this shitty gimmick because they you know oh we're selling t-shirts you gotta do more of this you gotta no no cut that shit out no one enough is enough and don't jump the shark with it right and then you will have the longevity of gimmicks like an Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why they haven't figured that out. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, it just it, it, it they completely ruined something that they Matt Hardy built. 
And it's a shame because in, in TNA, that was one, at the time, that was one of the few things they got right. And again, it's a character that makes no sense. No. At all. Mm-mm. I mean, it's you, all you had to do was just ride the wave. You, yeah. You try to cr- create a wave and yeah, it just He's the work. one that came up with it. He knows it better than anybody else. Let him fucking do it. Stop Stop telling him what to do with his own shit that he yeah. created. He's so. the one that was making it work, not you guys. Just because you signed him and shoved a fuck ton of money in front of his face doesn't doesn't allow you that creative uh, <laughs> it's you know like you don't have yeah. you don't take automatically own his creative essence that's not the way shit works it's, yeah that was that was frustrating because i fell in love and i don't know why but i fell in love with the broken character dude it was genius <laughs> it was so genius well it was an acquired taste for me personally when i first saw it i was like what the fuck is this that's what it was a, it was a car wreck yeah it was a car wreck you <laughs> once it was on the television and you got uh, yeah. you know subjected to it brother nero yeah you're just like come. oh my god and you just Week after week, you're like, what the fuck is going on? But it got you to watch. It, yeah, it did. It totally did. I mean, it was so far out there that I was completely just thrilled to, to actually want to watch more and more TNA during a time where I've given up on the company. Yeah. Not so much anymore, though they need to get to figure out their fucking TV shit soon. But um, anyways, that went on a little longer than I had planned, but... It was a fun little conversation there. I mean, it, for for sits and giggles, you know, uh, a couple days ago, mm-hmm. I'm at the house and I had on the Philo TV app, which is free, by the way. You can go download it. And uh, wait, it's free? Yeah, Philo TV is. Well, yeah, they offer. There's a free version, and then oh, you can pay. Okay. I think it's like four bucks for the paid version a month, but they they have a lot of free programming. Okay. And. Uh, all the wrestling on there is free. It's part of their free package. Okay. So they have an entire NWA slash, or I should say TNA. It's a TNA channel. Mm-hmm. And I was watching uh, older stuff from like late September of 2018. And Falaba. Falaba was on there. Yeah. And he's one of those guys. Like, he sticks with the gimmick no matter what. And that's that's what helps him sustain is that gimmick. Yeah. When he's doing interviews backstage, he doesn't break character. Right. Not even for a minute. He, he's got his own lingo down and the whole nine. That's what gets Falaba's character over. And that's the, that's the effort that has to be put forth all the fucking time when you are the owner of whatever gimmick you're, you're portraying out there. Mm. Um, there's a really good... Uh, a really good movie out there for those of you who haven't watched it called The Prestige. And they're trying, in that movie, they're trying to figure out, this won't spoil it for you, they're trying to figure out how this one old oriental magician is uh, doing his tricks. And there's one with a fishbowl. And he makes this fishbowl appear from underneath his pants or, you know, his, his garb. And they're trying to figure out, the, the other magicians are trying to figure out, like, how the hell does he, where the fuck does he fit sure. that fishbowl? Like, yeah. you don't see, and it has to be explained that he lives his gimmick. He waddles around like an old man, doesn't mean he's an old man. Chances are, he's carrying around that fucking fishbowl between his legs 24-7. Just sure. so that when he gets on stage, it's fucking magic to everybody else. 
that's the level of commitment that people need to portray wow. in their gimmick. I think that I think that's the reason why you and maybe one of the reasons why you see so many uh, toned down gimmicks because yeah, it's hard. It's it hard. Is to, hard. You know, it is hard work. It, it reminds me of the, the story of the Sandman when he was blinded back in ECW, mm-hmm. and Paul Heyman tells the story of how for for almost two months he never left his house just because. He wanted, I mean, it wasn't really a gimmick, more for storyline purposes, but it was mainly to, to, to not break kayfabe. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm going to go, gro-. like, he didn't, he went to go grocery shopping. He didn't go to the bars. He didn't do anything. He stayed home, got paid to stay home, but stayed home, never left. His wife answered the door. His wife answered the phone. Like, he was fucked up, comes back, and, you know, months later, and doesn't break character, not one bit. And that was, uh, it's a pretty hard thing to do. I mean, you think, oh, it's, it's easy to get paid to stay at home. You try staying at home after, you know, being on the road for a long time. Oh, you're yeah. going to get cabin fever. And, and, <laughs> and you know what? While we're on the subject, uh, two things. One, uh, if you haven't watched The Prestige, do 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. I'm sure it's available there. Super cheap. Yeah. Go get yourself a copy. Really great fucking movie. I'll have to check it out. I've, I personally have not seen that movie. Um, uh also, uh, we're we're talking like gimmicks in like the traditional American sense, more or less. Sure. Yeah. Let's not forget. Uh, let's not forget anyone wearing a mask. Yeah. How about those guys? Right. Those. You want to talk about levels of commitment? Mm-hmm. Your traditional luchador, for those of you who don't know, they never take that mask off. Right. Whether they're in the ring, out of the ring, whether they're grocery shopping, whether they're on the ta- toilet taking a shit, that mask is on twenty four seven. I mean, it, 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 there's parts of that that spark that came here in the states. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Mr. Wrestling. Oh uh, yeah, of course. You know, never, never took it off. You know, didn't have dinner with the president. Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> because of that. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, and and that's why it's anytime you have uh, a removal of the mask, it's it's one of the biggest. You know, a lot of times, I I, I try to explain uh, to somebody watching a Triple Mania a few years ago with Psycho Clown versus Doctor Wagner Jr. Yeah. Why is the match before that for three championships in one match? That's before the main event, which is Psycho Clown versus Dr. Wagner Jr. Mask versus mask. Mask versus match. Or ma- I'm sorry, mask versus mask. And that's because, first of all, it's who's in there. Those two guys, especially Dr. Wagner Jr., with all due respect to, to Psycho Clown. And somebody's taking their mask off. Somebody's life, not just career, but life, is being altered it's forever. More important than any title belt you'll put in front of those guys. Insane! It's just absolutely insane, and you know, it's it, it's uh, you're absolutely right. Um, what do you think? What's what say you as as a, as a pro wrestler? Could you live an over the top gimmick, or do you think you'd have to have something more of what you see today? A lot of times, if you're talking to me personally. I could definitely do the over the top. Over thing. the top. I like I. I think most people that know me on somewhat of a personal level understand my work ethic, mm. and, and my wife will tell you I'm a, I'm pretty much a workaholic. I work as much as I can, um, all hours of the night, all all hours of the day. Don't take his word for it. Take mine. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so you know, I I definitely if if I knew I had something that I I could. Uh, not only manage yeah. and sustain and, and you know make something out of it. Of course, oh my God, yes, I would be I would be that old 
<laughs> a Chinese magician yeah. walking around with a fishbowl fish right? underneath my garb the entire, you know, 24-7 just so that I could pull that trick off. Yeah, I mean, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, when I first started working with Joe many years ago in other projects, one of the first things he told me was, if you're going to work with him, don't bullshit him. And <laughs> I, it was intimidating, and, you know, he's absolutely right. Don't bullshit him. Give it everything you fucking got. Um, or, or at least be honest about it, too. If, if you absolutely. Can't, if you can't put it in, put it in. Because be honest with you, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could be the old Chinese man with the fishbowl. I don't know. It's not to say it's that... It's a big commitment, man. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things, too. Like, for me, my head is already all over the place as is. I, I, I would I want to focus on... I would, have to, I would have to focus on one thing, either my gimmick or my wrestling ability. Wrestling and ability. I don't know if I could do both, personally. Okay. And, I, and I think a lot of times that's where I think I fit in with the new age guys because... I, I don't say I'm not saying this is the reason why we don't have this, but that's one one of the reasons why is because over the top gimmicks is not something that the fans openly seek anymore. But it's also a really hard fucking thing to do. It is, you know, really Absolutely. hard to do, especially if you, you know, if you're gonna go be out there and let's say be a Kenny Omega. That's a gimmick, or you know, but like it's not something that he can't live every single day. You know, he can be like, yeah, he's not necessarily the cleaner so much anymore, like he used to be. But even then, it was, you know, you look, you, you're looking like a, a smaller Terminator. That's that's all you you pretty much were, like no big deal. Um, but it was something that, you know, you can still be just regular old. I don't remember his real name, but regular old Kenny Omega. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do that. It is a it is a really intriguing and difficult thing to do. Um, but man, like yeah, gimmicks gimmicks and pro wrestling will always go hand in hand, no matter no matter how how you look at it, whether it's Dungeon of Doom or if it's something like the Elite. Yeah, those guys are gimmicks, mm-hmm. and even even though they look like just regular old guys, it's still a gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's really very much still is, but. To me, I don't want to see any incarnation of the Dungeon Doom, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. But um, you mentioned Nick Aldis. Yes, I do. And you had texted me a few days ago asking me about the Crockett Cup. And at the time, I, I was about halfway through the event. Um, just kept getting distracted with other things, and you had mentioned the main event, which was, for those who didn't know, Nick Aldis defend the NWA World Heavyweight Championship versus Marty Skrull, <clears throat> and uh, you had texted Match of the Year Candidates. So, uh, before we started recording this, which, by, by the way, I haven't even told you what we're watching. Of course, we always have wrestling on in the background. Uh, this is night one of Wrestling Dontaku of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we currently got the G.O.D. coming out. Um, actually, I think it's... I don't know if uh, Leo Tonga is a member of G.O.D. or not. But uh, you got the, the three Tungans, three brothers. Looks like six-man tag action going yep. on. Mm-hmm. 
uh, against Togi Makabe, Toriyami, and I believe that was I believe I saw Will Ospreay come out. That was Will Ospreay. Okay, Will Ospreay. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention too much for the entrances, but uh, yeah, so it should be a pretty exciting uh, six man tag. I'm excited to see Leo Tonga back, and and hopefully he uh, continues to improve. Absolutely, that's a big boy, absolutely big boy. Um, so anyway, I want, yeah, I, I I want the I want the kimono. Yeah, that is, that is pretty sweet. Um, but going back to the uh, Crockett Cup, you you mentioned match with your candidate, and it, it's funny too because on on last week's episode, episode sixty one, we talked about the uh, best of the Super Juniors tournament that's coming up. Um, thank you for listening to that episode, by the way, and all you, support. But uh, we had mentioned a guy by the name of Marty Skrull again who fought for the uh, NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And we, 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 we talked about the, the lackluster performances that he's been giving us as of late. Um, we had brought it down to potentially just him not being happy with the company he's in and just really just kind of buying his time until his contract expires and he can go back to... Or he can, he can go back... yeah. He can go back to being with his, his his boys in the elite, and essentially do the inevitable, which we feel is the, the inevitable, and signing a contract with all elite wrestling. And then I saw this match. So you, you saw the match first, and then I saw it, and it was just like, for me personally, it was to say it was bittersweet is an understatement. Hell of a fucking match. Absolutely, positively correct. I guarantee you, come December, when we're talking best of 2019, we're going to be talking about this match. It pisses me off, though, <laughs> because it's like, where, or yeah. where is Marty Skrull? Yeah, where the fuck has this Marty been? I agree, <laughs> man. And, and, you know, I don't know, I don't know if it was... When I speak, most of the time, I, I, you know, I try to speak from personal experience. And, again, I, I don't bullshit people. Yeah. And, you know, th- there have been uh, reports and dirt sheets, what have you, about him not being happy with Ring of Honor. Right. And because he's not with his boys, the elite. You know, those guys became very close. Mm-hmm. Um, for... For, for lack of a better uh, example, like, they are the current version of, of the click. Yeah. Um, from S- years ago. Safe to say. Safe to say, yeah. right? Yeah, I agree. And so, uh, you know, me personally, like, uh, you know, a, a job that you and I used to work at years ago. Yeah. You know, we, we had our, our close friends and we all worked the same company for, for a certain amount of time and... You know, once you once you guys left, or a lot of you guys left, it it wasn't the same. And you know, did I put forth my maximum effort? Of course, but it did, didn't mean I was happy at that place. You know, right? So I get it. I get where Marty's coming from. If if that's the case, but you're still being paid to perform, mm-hmm. and that's where my gripe comes in. You know, much like myself, I was being paid to perform a job for a company. I still did it, regardless of whether I was happy or not. I still did it. And that's my gripe with Marty Skrull. So I don't know whether, I don't know what exactly 
happened here. I would I would probably logic would have it. Him and Nick Aldis go way back. You know, as a matter of fact, at the end of the match, he thanks Nick Aldis for taking him under his wing and being right. the first guy to introduce him and give him a break in professional wrestling. I think a lot of it had to do with how the match went and the level of uh, effort Marty put into the match. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the NWA threw a decent amount of cash his way to do the match. Um, so those are things to think about when it comes to his performance. But regardless of what the reasoning is, why he did what he did, that was a hell of a fucking match. I, that's what made it even more surprising for me watching it. I'm like, what? Where? Why? Why haven't we seen this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you you made very good and at the same time very disturbing points to me because yeah, they are disturbing. Because again, it's it's he's not a member of the clique or or sorry, the elite, I should say. But Nick Aldis is his boy. And Nick Aldis is, is on, along with uh, Billy Corgan, is on a quest to bring back prestige to the NWA. Shouts out to both of those guys, man. Yeah, they, I, not to cut you off. No, but no, I, yeah. He said it best at the end of the at the end of the match. You know, everybody thought uh, we were a laughing stock when we first restarted the NWA. Right. And uh, I can proudly say I'm probably one of the few that didn't think that. Mm-hmm. I was I was all about it, like whether uh, whether it worked or it didn't. I was excited as a as an NWA fan, like sure. holy shit, they're back! I can't wait to see what they do. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and I'm I'm glad it's back. But let's look at at in that perspective. You know, you got your boy that's on has has this project going on. And you have an opportunity to continue to help make it legit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I, I don't I don't blame Marty for for putting in everything he's got in that in that particular match, but at the same time, what I do blame Marty is not putting that type of effort in every match that he's in. Yeah, because it's like you have respect for Nick Aldis, but you don't have respect for yourself enough to promote your own fucking matches, and a lot of it's because he doesn't have to. Because he knows he's got a job lined up the moment he leaves. Yeah, and you're right. That that's that's probably what makes it the most disturbing about all this is he knows. Yeah. Whether he wants to admit it or not, he knows. The moment he's done with Ring of Honor, he's got another payday coming. It's almost pretty much damn guaranteed. Yeah. You know? A good payday. A too. good yeah, a very good payday. Yeah. And it sucks because he is he he's like phenomenal talent. Um and it just he's he's uh, what he's showing is a lack of respect for for the business. Absolutely, and it, it sucks because and I and I don't want to do this because it was a hell of a match, and we're we're talking about a match of the year candidate. I agree, I wholeheartedly agree with that, but it's it's so goddamn frustrating because <laughs> the next Marty Skrull match that we're gonna see, which I don't know what match is gonna be, but it's like, is it gonna be the same? Yeah, is it gonna be? Is, is it going to be even remotely close to what we saw at at the Crockett Cup? Yeah, you know. So I don't know, man. I I, I have my doubts, but overall, it was a great fucking match. Uh, Nick Aldis had a weird, weird situation with a with a nasty cut that you and I could not figure out where it came from. No, you know, there's a spot where 
Marty does a tope suicida through the ropes to the outside of the ring. And it must have happened somewhere there. Yeah. Um, because right after that, he kind of banters with the fans, and then he goes to chop Nick all this, and you see blood splatter on Marty, Marty Skrull, and immediately you're like, where the fuck did that blood come from? And now at this point, Nick Aldis is on the other, the opposite side of the ring. Yeah, he's almost. walking away. And uh, he goes and sits down on a chair, and you see it. He is just drenched in blood. Yeah. Like, drenched. Me personally, and I wish I could say this is just from me being an NWA fan, but it's not. It, it That was a great fucking card, I think. Minus a few small technical things, yeah, dude, take my money. Yeah, if, if they're gonna be like that all the time, take my money. Twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash fight f i t e will get you access to a viewing of the Crockett Cup. Um, it isn't free, but if you sign up through us as a new user, if you're already a user, just go use a different email. It's that simple. Sign up through our page. You're going to get $15 of credit right off the bat. That pays for more than half of the Crockett Cup. It's worth it, too. It really is. Uh, overall, it was a solid uh, solid card. Um, you know, the, the women's match was uh, was probably my least favorite match, but, you know, it was... Uh, it was last minute. It was last because minute. Because Jazz, Jazz got hurt, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know. I think we mentioned it last week, uh, last week too. Two weeks ago. Two we weeks ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, she got hurt last minute, and they, they kind of scrambled to figure out something else. And it showed. Yeah. It showed. Yeah, it but, definitely showed. Uh, the actual Crockett Cup was definitely interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, the winners, which was uh, Birdie King and PCO, eh, it's a little interesting how that happened, if you to say the least. Uh, Again, one of those things that's just it's hard to explain. Yeah, it, just you, please go watch it yeah. and and, and uh, try to enjoy that part. Uh, it, it for us because it, it involves PCO, it's just too much. It's too much PCO, and you're like, what the fuck? Everything we mentioned about over the top gimmicks. It was there. Right there. Yeah, it was the right there. Spot. <laughs> um, it was really cool to see the Briscoes versus Rock and Roll Express. That went off way better than I thought it was yeah, going to. They, yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely had a, it. Was, it was a short match. It was definitely a short match, but uh, it was um, it was really fun to watch. It was. It was really it was. fun to watch. It was great to see the Briscoes. The way they sold for them too was absolutely <laughs> amazing, and and they gave it back. The, you know, like as we talked about two episodes ago, you know, episode sixty, they were going to give it back, and and you know what, Ricky and Robert, they they fucking took it, they fucking <laughs> took it, and it was it was a really good back and forth. Again, it was a short match, but it wasn't designed to be a, a long one either. But uh, yeah, it was a strong card, and I, I look forward to what the, the NWA has in store because. For one, we need more competition in professional wrestling, and then I have something like the NWA make this kind of resurgence. You know, the the company that was one of the biggest, it was the biggest at times, at one point in time, and 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 for them to potentially come back and be a legit contender again, it is it's really cool to see that. So absolutely, man. You know what? Uh, and on that note, we're gonna we're gonna let you uh, go sign up for Fight TV twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash fight. That's F I T E. While we enjoy uh, some wrestling, Dontaku New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
and uh, go pay some bills. So stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Ebates. Do you do online shopping at all? Excellent. If you do, you can help support the show and save some money while you purchase stuff online. Have access to over 10,000 different shops online, including major brands such as Nike, GameStop, Uber, Burger King, and just about any other online store that you can think of, including Amazon. Each purchase you make helps support the show and saves you money. Accrue enough cash back and then cash out and receive your big fat paycheck in the mail from Ebates. Take the time, support the heels, support the baby faces, support your 20 by 20 ring crew, and be like the boys. Save some money. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Ebates. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for sticking around while we pay some bills. Uh, we Again, we are watching uh, Wrestling Duntaku Night 1, uh, which if you are interested in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which you should be, you can visit us on our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW and uh, get a subscription through us, help support the show, and find out what New Japan is all about. And uh, one of my favorite uh, streaming services out there currently in the ring right now is, uh, well, currently wrestling right now is a tag team match. Kazuchika Okada teaming up with Chaos member Tomohiro Ishii versus LIJ, uh, Yvonne Sonata in a tag team match. Night two, you're going to see Okada defend that title against Sonata. And uh, Sonata's a guy that I really hope is going to be a champion someday. Um, same here, man. And maybe he wins tonight too. Maybe I, I don't. I don't know. I, I do know, but <laughs> I will never tell. Um, I'm glad that there's foreign wrestling out there. That, or I should say, I'm glad there's foreign countries out there that respect and love professional wrestling because. Where's my segue here, by the way? Oh, shit. There's <laughs> a certain country out there. And I'm, I'm sticking with just wrestling here. This is a wrestling podcast. But there's a certain country out there that doesn't seem to respect professional wrestling. And that's Saudi Arabia. Uh, you, just, you just informed me that the Saudi Arabia show, number three, is going to take place. Uh, which already pushed back the NXT pay-per-view, unfortunately. Yeah, so we're talking, uh, I think it's the weekend of June 6th. Okay. Is when it's supposed to take place, apparently. And, um, we know that Goldberg, that's right, Bill Goldberg. You mean Oldberg? Oldberg, <laughs> yeah. Um, he is going to be back. For that show. For that show. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to speculate too much on rumor and innuendos and the show, but there is a big rumor going around, and, and this, this surprised you a little bit, Joe, or a lot, but it is looking like Kofi Kingston is supposed to drop that title to Goldberg. You know, out of all the fucking people that to show. drop it to, you yeah. know? Like, really? And, but there's, there's more. There's more. Please tell me. What's behind door number two? Well, it's none other than the Beast, Brock Lesnar, the guy that we thought was gone. Oh, Lord. 
But it just turns out that uh, a few days ago or a week ago or whatever it was, Brock Lesnar reportedly had told Dana White that he is looking to retire from MMA, which is not the first time he's done this, by the way. So that just means that he's taken a good payday, probably a better payday, and a very easy, non-threatening schedule. Because let's face facts, Brock is not the, the, the smartest guy in the world, but he's not a moron completely either <laughs> he knows damn well he can't hang in the octagon anymore uh, yeah I, I, I really think that has a lot to do with it you know he'll never say that no he won't uh, let's face it that's a fucking young young person sport you know if there ever was one I mean you've got to be in fucking tip top shape all the time and that's just to have a fighting chance at winning uh, winning the match you know and he's not. He's not in that shape. There's no fucking way he's in that shape. Mm-mm. No. I mean, he wasn't in that shape the last fight that he had right. against, against Mark Hunt, which he lost due he to lost. technicality. Yeah. Or the match, the fight before that, the years before that, in, against Alistair Overeem, where Overeem pretty much killed him. <laughs> you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, he's like this world-class athlete because he loses fights. Um, but anyways, Brock Lesnar is, is rumored to be coming back to WWE, and they want to do a Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar championship match. I already know what you're going to say, but let's hear it anyways. <laughs> um, first off, um, fuck the WWE. And, and you know what I think I think the more the more interesting aspect of the situation for me this time around is what are we going to see happen if anything this time around when this show goes on because if you remember the last show you know again Saudi Arabia doesn't allow women to wrestle right so you and I had talked mm-hmm. and we put it out there we fantasy booked it like hey why don't you do an all-women special somewhere, somehow? You have your own fucking network. You have a performance center to use. Why not do something like that? Why not take advantage? Right. You know? You, you, you know you're clearly all about uh, working your, your roster 320 days a year. So what difference does it fucking make? Yeah. I would like to see something done. You know, give give us something uh, worthwhile. You know what? As a matter of fact, fuck it. Give us like an NXT special that we haven't seen. Yeah. One one more NXT show. Throw something together. You guys are pretty fucking creative. Out of uh, out of all the brands, that's the most creative. So what you're saying is, take the millions or the billions that I think it's millions that Saudi Arabia's giving them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Take that money and do this thing called investing in into another show. Is that what you're saying? Is that, is, that, is that the crazy idea that you have? Yeah, yeah. Is investing it and putting on another show? One that people actually want to see? Yeah. Because <laughs> how well did fucking Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Undertaker and Kane go? How well did that go? God damn, that was a nightmare. Oh my god! You're, and then Kane gets demasked. Like how fucking stupid was that? For like the fiftieth fucking time, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh my god. How bad is it when your own fans are voting that show 
as the worst WWE show of the year. Your own fans told you, hey, this shit sucked. I mean, hey, you know what? You're contractually obligated. That's fine. And, you know, it sounds like that... Uh, um, that the the government officials in Saudi Arabia have some somewhat of a rough shot over the booking of the show. I understand that's the situation you guys are working with, but give me a fucking break. Like, either add to the show or, or give us an alternative because that show is going to blow so hard. So fucking hard. I had... <laughs> Before we started, uh, before we came back from paying bills, I, I told Matt, like, I'm pretty sure if Macho Man was still around, despite the shape he would be in, they would still want him to wrestle. Because that, that country has been deprived of, of this kind of culture for so long, They it's like they're playing catch-up, you know? Like a macabre game of catch-up. So you have, you know, they want it all. They want Hulk Hogan. They want The Undertaker. They want Shawn Michaels. They want Kane. They want all all the shit us here in the States have already um, <laughs> been subjected to, yeah. you know, tenfold. They haven't got, so they want it. Just, like, they give it all to us, all at the same time. We're going to give you Val Venus. We're going to give you... Well, maybe not Val Venus, because, you know, he's, he's inappropriate. Oh. But, you know... Oh, we're gonna give you D'Lo Brown. Yeah, there we're you go. Send you... D'Lo over there. Fuck it. Yeah, he could fucking still shake his head back and forth. We're gonna give you the Godfather, but we're gonna give you Supreme Fighting Machine comma. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, but all right. So you want Goldberg? No, I don't want Goldberg. No, you, not you. Oh, oh. Okay. But Saudi Arabia wants Goldberg. Prince Saudi wants fucking Goldberg. Okay, you can have Goldberg. You want Lesnar too? Have them both. Put them in a fucking you know, cage match or whatever the fuck you want to do. You want to do some crazy shenanigans? Do that shit. Why do you have to touch the WWE Championship? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Why does that have to be a thing? Why? And and Kofi Kingston has to lay down to Bill Goldberg and to, to, to please one fan base. One small fraction of the world fan base and then Goldberg comes back, and you know the fans that don't know any better that there's other alternatives. They're just stuck watching <laughs> mediocre fucking matches, and this is what you get. This is this is what happens. And there's a reason why I'm going to segue into another topic. <laughs> Please do <laughs> because because those wrestlers. That we just met, guys like Kofi Kingston, as well as others. This is this is one of the main reasons why it's lucrative to say, you know what, take your money, shove it up your ass. Thanks for no thanks. I'm gonna work somewhere else. One, you can still make that much money, if not more. Mm-hmm. And two, you get to jump off that train before it ever. Ex- ever crashes because this is what's happening this is this is a train wreck waiting to happen and and Kofi Kingston is unfortunately in a lose-lose situation because he's not going to get past Goldberg he's not going to get past Brock unless and only if there's some kind of shenanigans that takes place in the process but other than that Kofi's going to lose he's going to lose both matches mm-hmm. 
and he's going to lose the WWE Championship, and it's going to go around Goldberg's waist, and eventually it'll probably go around Lesnar's waist. And what happens to that championship? Downhill. The other interesting thing here, too, is, you know, uh, about a, a week ago, we, or two weeks ago, we, uh, I had posted in the in the Facebook group uh, twenty, Facebook dot com slash groups slash twenty x twenty talk. I had posted an infographic with uh, two two ratings numbers. Yeah. Well, uh, one from TNA from uh, January of uh, whatever year it was. Right. And then uh, the raw from two weeks ago, and. TNA had a stronger rating, and they were on like they they were on their way out of a fucking TV deal. So I understand the you know the Saudi show has been paid for. Obviously, they're contractually obligated. It's going to be on the network, but I don't think the company understands the ramifications of putting on that show and tying it into the continuity of a Monday Night Raw or a Tuesday Night SmackDown where, let's face it, those shows, those brands, that their stocks are dropping like fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, it's to the point where, uh, you know, something else we talked about in, in, the, in the wrestling group, uh, the Facebook group, is the, the deal with Fox Sports, uh, you know, uh, and SmackDown. Like, what's going to happen now? Because now they're talking... Because the, the the ratings have been so weak, Fox is looking at like maybe changing the deal, and apparently they can do this. Mm-hmm. So instead of being on a major Fox network, they're going to probably throw SmackDown on like FS1 or something like that. And that's that's a huge fucking blow right. to that deal. But you know what? They're doing it to themselves. They're doing it to themselves. Shitty booking... You're, you know, you're you're having people on there uh, you don't, like, nobody wants to fucking see. It's it's just, it's the same shit over and over again. And, you know, I get it, like, Saudi Arabia doesn't have all the, all the wrestling options that we do these days. But no, no amount of money is going to save you. In the long run, right. from all the competition happening out here in the states, see, and that's the problem because Saudi Arabia, if, if they are, are, are if they're looking for a certain kind of wrestling product, give it, give them that, but don't fucking touch the titles. You want, you want Brock Lesnar, or, or excuse me, you want Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, you can have it. You want Bill Goldberg to come out and and and, and spear and jackhammer somebody in, in, in five seconds because he can't go six seconds, let him do it. But the moment you start putting belts on this guy, it all goes downhill from there. Uh, and and then what is that? What message does that, does that send to somebody like Kofi Kingston? Yeah, you know, to that's, me, that's a good point. It says, "Thanks for everything you've ever fucking done," in a sarcastic manner, and get the fuck out of there. And and this is why we see a a a, a plethora of, of men and women who are unhappy, who are either on their way out. 
or doing everything in their pos- everything in the in their power to make sure that they get out sooner <laughs> than later. I, I mean, and it's 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 not these aren't just anybody's. One guy we you know that's well documented, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, he left. Don't know where he's going. There's rumor that he might be at all doing or nothing, but as of right now, he is as free agent as possible. That's yeah. the word we mean. Um, we do know that the revival didn't resign with the WWE, and their contract is looking to be expired in the month of August. Yeah, that's what I heard is August. Um, you have uh, the club, the the Good Brothers. The they good... also opted to not resign. Right. There, I think theirs is up in September. So, yeah. AJ Styles hasn't resigned. For and, sure. For sure. See, that's that's even more interesting. And I don't know when his contract ends, but I think it was a three-year deal, and we should be coming towards the end of that now. I mean, AJ Styles hasn't resigned. Randy Orton has made it very clear that he's has one foot out the door at this point. Um. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is another one that's clearly unhappy, and from what you told me earlier today, she has been. She basically called out Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, for a match. Can't do that. Well, I mean, WWE doesn't want her to do yeah. that, but she did it anyway. I mean, it's. Um, you can't blame these guys for for, for no, not wanting to be there. I because, don't blame them at all. Especially, again, Kofi Kingston. If he had the opportunity to leave, if he does drop the title, the first opportunity he gets, gone. Not doing New Day anymore. You know, those, that, that's played its course. It's still doing well. But you're telling me that all you can do is be in a group and, and you're a placeholder t- champion. For who? Bill Goldberg? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense to me. So, guys, we, you know, the first of all, they also just lost Dustin Rhodes. Dustin, you know, he's gone. Man, that, yeah. I mean, again, so, someone else I identify with. You're with the company for so fucking long, and then, you know what? We're done. Yeah. I'm done. Can't do it anymore. We're done. I mean, some people might joke and say, well, he, he wasn't doing anything anyways. That wasn't his fault. No, that's the way they were booking him. Wasn't his fault. I mean, you can sit there and say, "Oh, yeah, not a big deal." They they don't want him. They don't want him to be Dustin Rhodes. They want him to be Dustin Rhodes. Same way they didn't want Cody to be Cody. They want him to be uh, Goldust. Mm-hmm. And and but at the at the same on the same token, they don't want him. Like they didn't want to do anything with him. They just wanted him to like be around. Um. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, I don't know if you heard, too. This was pretty interesting. But apparently, uh, there was some dirt sheets out there saying that Vince McMahon threatened to buy AEW. This is recent, by the way. Just so that he can fire Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the type of shit where, like that company has to deal with. You know, we harp on him because he's out of touch and and things of that nature. Clearly, he, like, his temper, his temper, it just gets the best of him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you you have all this fucking money. You have a company to worry about. You're about to start a a football league again. Like, 
Boy, oh boy. You have bigger fish to fry than to sit there and say stupid shit like this. Like, if one of, one of his employees, if one of the roster did said some shit like that, what do you think would happen to him? They'd be fucking reprimanded. Oh, yeah. You know? One way or another. Yep. But it's okay for him to do it. Right. You know? We, we, we've made this very clear, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that there's going to be a plethora of talent that's going to want out of WWE. Whether it, it, it happens or not, it's all yet to be determined for some. You know, guys like John Moxley, he's out. Yeah, he's out for sure. Uh, TJ Perkins, I forgot about him until <laughs> PCW Ultra. He's out. He's out. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a laundry list of guys who are out, a laundry list of guys who will never come in. And it's a shame because it, it's pretty. It's a pretty basic concept at this point. You know, it's either you get on board or you don't, and you adjust with the times, or you you, you completely fail. You, you fall. That's what happened with WWE, and certain guys, the smart ones, guys and girls, are saying, "Let's get out of here before this thing completely collapses." And I'm not saying that's going to happen anytime soon, but. Every building, every structure has to be renovated at some point. You know, nothing nothing lasts forever just by just being built properly to begin with. WWE obviously built this product from, from the ground up, no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, you continue to grow, you evolve, or you fall in line with everybody else and you, you, you die. And WWE, if, if they're not careful... They're going to be one of those companies that go and die. Uh, did you also hear about Joey Ryan? No. Joey Ryan uh, apparently made some sort of statement to the tune of, like, he's he wants to be done with the indies. Okay. So, uh, it is now being reported that the WWE essentially has offered him something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't have a dollar figure for you, but... They offered him a, a, a substantial amount of money just so that he doesn't show up on AEW. For that fact, for that fact alone, that's the only like. There, essentially, he'll become a gold dust where they just he's there. You know, you'll see him in the occasional battle royal. You might see him on like fucking uh, what is that main event every mm-hmm. now and again. You know, clearly it won't be the Joey Ryan we we know now. <laughs> right, right, right. There's no way in hell that's gonna happen. But yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the next situation that popped up. It's like you know we don't we don't even care we don't we don't even care whether you wrestle for us or not. We just don't want the our our, our up and coming competition to have you. That's what this this has come to. You know, never never mind all the important shit. We're trying to swoop up people and put on shows that clearly hurt the fucking company. Mm. Like, how does that make any fucking sense? You know? See, this is the problem that I have with a lot of the fan base, you know, that, that I deal with, I talk to, because this is what I mean when everything is so high, because it's like, you have, the, it's always money, 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 money. They're, they're, they're doing good because they made, they have this great Saudi Arabia and, you know, the Saudi Arabian shows are bringing in lots of dough for them. I get that. But both of those shows have either done nothing or hurt the, the overall product. <laughs> yeah. You know, the 
the fact that you isolate an entire gender during a time where that's a major no-no. You're talking about a publicly tra- a publicly traded company. Being PC is probably something you want to be. Yeah. You know, if we're if we're gonna, if we're gonna play that card, where you know, money, 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 this and that, being non PC is a really fast way to say oh, we're gonna lose money on this yeah. one. Yeah. To exclude women, that's a no no right now. Right, and and you know, you look at it from a business standpoint. A lot of their revenue, whether they like it or not, comes from ad dollars, right. advertisements. So why all of a sudden, you know, like. I get it that Saudi Arabia paid them a gigantic chunk of money to put these shows on, but you're alienating one of your revenue streams, and that's just bad business 101. Right. You're alienating one of your revenue streams because your female combatants cannot participate in the product that they're supposed to be a part of. Yeah. And whether you like it or not, all, all you WWE marks out there, I'm sorry to say... Bad Business 101, you don't alienate your fucking audience. You never, you never do that. No matter how much money, you never do that. That's the whole basis of advertising. You want to reach out to as many people and appeal to as many people (laughs) as possible all at once. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to be doing. It's shit like this has actually lost people a ton of fucking ad dollars. Yeah. It's shit like this. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, and look, I, I get it, you know. There's, you know, it's not them that are saying women can't play. But you've, you're laying in bed with, with a yeah, group of people. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. By, by doing that, you're okay. It's, it's just saying, you know what, hey, we can't have this. We, you can't have you there. It would be like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Gillette, the, the razor maker. No. So... It would be like, oh, China's going to give us $3.2 billion to, you know, do something exclusively with them and them only, and it can't involve women or or men, whatever, choose a gender. Sure. Um, but, like, half of your fucking products are for that gender. Mm-hmm. How is that smart fucking business? All the money in the world is not going to save you from the bad that it does towards your business. $3.2 billion is a lot of money, but it, it, it goes away really fast Yeah, when you're running a company as high as WWE. The company you and I used to work for, Yeah, if you if you ever paid attention to their, their annual earnings reports, mm-hmm. you would, that, that was like a, a prime example of, of like the flow of money. So, you know, we would have, our company would uh, earn $1.2 billion a year, right? For, uh, for like, any given year. So, sure. And then you look at, that's the money we earned. The money going out was, like, in the $800 million range. Sure. That, that you know, that business is notorious for having razor-thin profit margins as it is. And, and you know, yeah, we made $1.2 billion, but... We had over, you know, close to $900 million go out the window for operating costs. That doesn't leave a whole lot of fucking profit. Right. You know? And, and you know... Which, which affects growth. It does. It affects growth. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm offending somebody out there, but that's just business 101. If you don't understand that, then don't get into business. Yes. You know? 
That's what it comes down to. And and, and this is like the problem that I, that I have with the Saudi Arabian show because again, you isolate the current talent. It's bad enough WrestleMania already does that. <laughs> I mean, a domestic show is doing that, you know, because you gotta you gotta have Triple H, you gotta have small nipples, you got you gotta. <laughs> You know, you gotta have all these fucking celebrities there all the fucking time, wasting time. You had to have John Cena come out there and and, and you know do oh, that rapping geez. thing that he thinks is rapping. I don't even listen to rap, but I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm, I'm insulted by yeah. oh, anyone yeah. that like you, actually you, listens yeah, to hip hop. You should be. You should be. You know, that's that's a fucking joke. Um, so it's bad enough that real wrestlers are are, are already fucking insulted as is. And then now, and here's the thing. And here's where I get a little like antsy with the WWE marks. Now, when you hear guys like the Revival, for okay. example, sure, they're not re- they're not they're not resigning. And I immediately made a comment online saying that you know bring out the shovels because the, the you know the bearing is going to begin, mm-hmm. even though it's pretty much already started two years ago. And people were jumping all down my throat saying, "Well, what do you expect? Do you, you want them to build up talent?" That's you know not not giving them everything you know leaving and and bailing on them, you know and and all this stuff abandoning them was another word. Wow. And I was like, you mean the way that those two guys have been abandoned ever since they got called up to the fucking main roster? Yeah. Because these are the guys that were selling out NXT shows. They get called up to the main roster. And what what do they get? Fucking opening bouts on the main event fucking show. Yeah. Or, or, or dark matches or house shows and do you want them to stick around to do that at, at the end of the day yeah money's good but you know what they fucking want they want to be known they want to wrestle they want to wrestle <laughs> no people know who the fuck they are because just like I've been saying pretty much since the first episode of this fucking podcast <laughs> is that you can make all the fucking money you want but if you're just doing dark matches and house shows or jobbing the day that you fucking leave the company, which will eventually happen for everybody, and if you continue to wrestle, which for the most part most people will, what ends up happening is that nobody knows who the fuck you are. Yeah. Why? Why? Why, why am I gonna book you? Why am I gonna book? Why am I gonna book somebody that had never had fucking TV time, that hasn't wrestled a significant match in three to five years? Yep. You know, I'll, maybe I'll book you, but I'm, you're not going to get the money that you're asking for. So you better take that fucking money and live the most moderate type of lifestyle you possibly can during your tenure in WWE. Because once that money's gone, it's going to be really hard to fucking gain that back somewhere else when you've done absolutely nothing with your career. Yeah. Yep. These are the dangerous parts. So do I see what the Revival is doing as a good thing, absolutely damn right it is. It is. Because right now, they're at the peak of their career, and you want to ex- actually become something instead of being that team that's like, man, they were they were right there. They could have been something. I, I look forward to seeing those guys in, in, in a capacity... Uh, you know, like working for Ring of Honor or, I love the, or, or Ring of the Honor. NWA. Yes. Holy fuck, man. Yes. Like, you want to talk about a perfect fit for those guys? That's it right there. They fit the criteria of NWA all day. All day. And, and, <laughs> and you know what? They are being buried. Whether you like it or not, they are being buried. 
Did you see the shit with the them and the Usos? No, I, I didn't. Some stupid fucking comedy bit where you've got the revival shaving each other's backs in the shower. That's good. And the Usos are in like basically stalking them with a with a phone recording it. That's what they're doing on TV now. That's good use. Good use of the revival. There you go. You know, call me crazy, but you have you have talent on the way out because they're unhappy. If it were me, first thing I would do would try to be to smooth things over as much as possible. I understand you guys are on the way out. You guys aren't happy. Let us make it lucrative enough for you to where you care and you help us get over our talent before you leave. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, most of the time you're going to be told to go fuck yourself. Sure. But you at least have to give them that opportunity. And and they're they're not they're they're fucking they're they're a shitty comedy bit now. Nobody wants to watch that shit. Maybe the fucking little kids in the WWE universe. And if, I'm sorry if you're a WWE mark and you're getting offended that uh, you know because you like that segment. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. It, it's <laughs> that's the truth. Nobody no, the the vast majority of people out there don't want to see it. And you know how I know. Because the fucking ratings are down. Well, see, that was my next point. It, it's it's funny that like this is this is a thing because how does this how does this help WWE by doing this? You have a team like the Revival. Mm-hmm. You know that they're good. Yeah. Okay. And you know they're leaving. You know that they're, they're leaving your company, and it sucks. You you I, I get it. You you might be a little pissed off by it. You know, but they made it a business a business decision. You have, to, you have to live with it. However, instead of taking out a shovel, I'm not saying throw the titles on them. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that either. But you have a legit tag team. Wouldn't it be wise to say, you know what, guys, you're leaving, whatever, but we need you to go out there and still give it 110% every single night and put them in fucking legit matches. Put them in legit storylines. Put them in a storyline with the titles on the line, but never have them win it. Come this close. You know, and at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening? You're going to get good fucking ratings. Good matches equals good ratings. Why, instead of of having them shave each other's fucking backs, (laughs) why not have them fucking wrestle, you know, Legit fucking tag teams. They're they're already only getting a few minutes per match anyway, so the 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 time the length of time that uh, skit took f- for to happen. Yeah. Just let them wrestle instead. Yeah. How fucking hard is that? You know. And meanwhile, while they're wrestling, you can do something like fucking uh, promote one of your fucking sponsors mm-hmm. to get you more ad dollars. Right. You know, it just it just doesn't make any sense. But you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> this is the reason why I get so frustrated when people leave to go to WWE because it's like you're gonna be back. Why waste? Why why are you wasting the time? You're gonna be back. Nine times out of ten, they fucking they fucking leave because it's it's terrible there. Yeah, absolutely terrible there. Uh, not everybody's gonna be the guy that fucking resigns, uh, uh, like a Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, resign because hey, the money's good, and I don't have to travel. I, I can just stay where I'm living at right now. I like it here, this and that. I make a foolish decision because you're, you know, he's shitting on on his legacy. But 
you know, not everybody wants to be that. Some people want to be like Sasha Banks, which I get. People are frustrated with how she's handling herself. But you also got to understand, put her, put yourself in her shoes. She's been fucked over by these companies so many fucking yeah. times. And I'm not going to sit there and make this a, a thing about anything, but for some fucking reason, Sasha Banks has continuously been looked over by the powers that be. And then you expect her to just be like, hey, deal with it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Legit talents don't do that. So I don't blame her for going on social media and, and saying, me and you, Tesla. Because it's it's one of those things where it's, she needs to be excited about her, her her wrestling ability again because doing the same matches over and over and over again isn't going to help anybody. Certainly isn't going to help her. Uh, real quick before we wrap up the show, um, hopefully we get to see John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose, for UWWE marks uh, show up in his old stomping grounds of CZW. That's what I really want to see him go. That, that would be nice. Uh, definitely, I, I would love to. Uh, one of my bucket list matches would be him against Nick Gage. Can I can I throw in a, a match? Too? Please, please. I got one. That I've ever since he became a free agent, I want to see Moxley versus the Draw. Oh shit! Yes, Sammy Callahan Dude. versus John Moxley. And you know, you know those those two matches are definitely going to happen. It's just a matter. They of gotta time. happen. They gotta they happen. Gotta happen. You, you can't tout being king of the death matches and not have someone step up and be like, "Excuse me, motherfucker." So, yeah, I'm I'm all for both of those matches. If, if you if you were a fan of Dean Ambrose in the WWE and you thought like, "Man, this guy's different," you haven't seen shit yet. No, you haven't. You haven't seen, seen shit. shit. <laughs> go back. Go go on, go on fucking YouTube. And look up his CCW matches, his CCW days. You're gonna be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah, like, how did he become Dean Ambrose? Jesus. Yeah, I mean this this guy night and day, man. Yeah, man. Like this, I'll never forget the when he was in NXT and he was, I don't, he wasn't NXT yet. Actually, I'm sorry, he was in FCW, and he wasn't getting a push. And Mick Foley, it was an event with Mick Foley. He got Mick Foley's face. This was not tele, like it was supposed to be televised. Somebody, I think, recorded it with their phone or whatever. And he's he's fucking like he's he's verbally bashing him. We call him all these fucking names. And all he wanted to do was a, a match with Mick. Foley. All he wanted to do was was strike a chord with Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. So Mick would be like, "I want to teach this kid a lesson." Yeah, that's all he wanted. This guy. I got frustrated with him over the years because it was laziness, kind of like the Marty Scurll situation. But deep down, John Moxley is a guy that knows the business, and he's not always quite all there with how he <laughs> handles himself. <laughs> That's true. And uh, I, I'm glad that he's uh, the chains are off, man. Because yeah, oh yeah. Because we're we're in store for some really interesting matches coming our way. It's it's uh it's interesting you mentioned McFoley because McFoley has also come out and said he would come out of retirement to do a hell in the cell in Saudi Arabia. I don't I I I know I know how I feel about that. Um, by the look you're shooting me right now, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I know how you feel about that. But uh, it just just some. You're making me cough. What yeah. you're doing? You're making me sick. <laughs> but that's uh, that's that's uh, a, a piece of steak to chew on for quite some time. Um, yeah. 
Two dollar steak. Two yeah, oh yeah, yeah two dollar steak. Um, if you want to see Mick Foley in the Hell in a Cell match, just go to just go to twenty x twenty dot com slash podcast slash WWE Network. Look it up. You don't need to fucking see McFoley now in a fucking Hell in a Cell match. There's no fucking way, man. There's no way. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, these fucking the Saudi Arabia ordeals. It's getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand. It's only year two of yeah. a ten year deal. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is what we got to look forward to. That, that that's dude. That's a whole nother fucking can of worms. Like, what happens if the company goes under? I wonder how that contract works out if they can't. Uh, Function, all, you know what I mean. All I know is that if, if Vince, if Vince uh, decides to ever sell, the Saudi Arabian prince gets first dibs. Yeah, yeah. On, on the offer, so there you go. Could be a Saudi Arabian company by the time this is all done. I can't wait and, to. Hear. And you want to know something? WWE marks are saying that's good. I was gonna say I can't wait to hear what they got to say once that once once yeah. if that happens, and once that product yeah. changes. Yes, yeah. they should do that. If it, you know how much money Vince would make. First of all, why are you so concerned about what Vince McMahon has in his fucking pockets? You'd be more worried about what's entertaining you, you dumb fuck. Next thing you know, we'll, ha- we'll be seeing superstar Billy Graham come back. Ah, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, that was pretty interesting, too. I ran across uh, um, David Pinzer, who, uh, you know, the, the former ring announcer. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a big advocate of Jim Crockett promotions, especially on Facebook, he got uh, <laughs> he got uh, proof of Superstar Billy Graham's payday uh, for royalties mm-hmm. uh, recently. Like I want to say, like two weeks ago, recently. And uh, if, for those of you who don't know, you know, as outspoken as uh, Superstar is these days, uh, he is battling cancer. And, uh, you know, we do, as, as honorary as he is, you know, we, we do wish him, uh, you know, all the, all the best health and, oh, and yeah. whatnot. But, Absolutely. um, he showed the statement, he scanned it and he showed the statement on social media and it started off at like 10 to $12,000 in royalties. Mm-hmm. And by the time they took out like charge after charge after charge, the final amount he got. Like in hand cash, eighty six dollars and sixty seven cents. <laughs> so there you go. You want to talk about respect for legends? That's that's oh, that's your that's man. your beloved WWE right there. Guys battling cancer hey, we, could definitely use the fucking money for treatment. And out of thousands of fucking dollars, eighty six dollars and sixty seven cents. Oh my god! Yeah, it's not even a full work day. Jesus, you know. Like that's 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 sad, man. That is very sad. I. That's a whole nother so. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that, that's sad. Eighty six dollars. God damn it, pal! We gave you twelve thousand. One thousand dollars. What happened to it? You, you fucking asshole. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, no matter what uh, we say, please go support professional wrestling um, as much as possible. Go to indie shows. Uh, again, we hooked up with a, a new sponsor, Brown Paper Tickets. Uh, there's always uh, tickets on there for events in your neck of the woods. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Brown Paper Tickets. All one word. 
Also, we are available on social media. Please hate tweet us at twitter.com slash 20x20crew. We're available on Instagram at instagram.com slash 20x20crew. We are on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our Facebook page. And uh, come talk to us. All you WWE marks that got something to say, I got something to say back. And I, I am yet to hear from a lot of you. So, uh, Facebook.com slash group slash 20x20talk is my open invitation. Come, come, uh, hash some shit out with me. Uh, we are available on YouTube where we fantasy book as much as possible in the form of the following contest. So, uh, come check that out at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. There's a special episode that's coming up. Within the next couple of weeks, I'm so. excited! Oh my god, I'm so excited! I uh, just real quick, I I, I was we, we were going to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there was a, a certain meme that was posted directed <laughs> towards me. Oh, it was towards you? Towards me. <laughs> and I, just, I I texted Joe, and it's like it's 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 amazing how one meme sparks a, an entire episode. Worth, Can I so. ask like how many matches you have in your head right now? Right now, uh, I'm I'm probably about the twenty mark. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's gonna be fun. And like like twenty legit ones. Cause there's a lot that have been scrapped. Okay, okay. Written down but scrapped. Okay. So yeah, like I'm excited either way, <laughs> whether it's five matches or twenty, it doesn't matter. I'm excited. We'll go all fucking night. <laughs> <have> to, <laughs> and of course, our home on the web is twenty x twenty crew dot com, where you will find all of our sponsors, our offers, all of our past episodes. You name it. Uh, really quick, I keep forgetting to mention this. The past two or three episodes, I have had to um, get rid of the web player that we normally have for each episode. Yeah. We're having some technical difficulties with our hosting. Uh, it is not our fault. <laughs> but the, the the episodes are definitely still there. And, uh, again, thank you for supporting the show. Uh, you know, your our download numbers are still there. So thank you. Yes. Thank you guys for downloading and listening and, and, and uh, all the support. So, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia shows aside, um, <laughs> definitely, again, go support professional wrestling. And uh, We still love you, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we do. I mean, I get it. I get yeah. it. You, you know, I would want to see all that shit, but there's got to be a point where it's like, you have to know your limitations. Yeah, I, I you know, mean, it just doesn't. Nobody wants to see fucking Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan <laughs> after hip replacements. You know he can't do. If if he were to do the fucking big big leg drop, he's gonna be in pain. Like no one wants to see that. He's not guaranteed he's gonna get up off the fucking mat. Yeah. How is that? Oh, how is that fun? How is yeah. that fun to watch? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nobody wants to see a fucking. I don't know how old Mick Foley is. And I love him to death. He's an awesome fucking person. But no one wants to see him in a fucking Hell in a Cell match at this age. Unless you want him to die. Yeah. Because that's a real possibility. Or you want to see him do the worst Hell in a Cell match of all or time. Or the worst Hell in a Cell match of all time. So, yeah. Uh, either way, we're, we're done with this episode. I'm, I'm done talking <laughs> Brock Lesnar and all this other bullshit. So, until next time, I have been Joe. That has been Matt, and to steal your line, ladies and gentlemen, you've been fucking fantastic. And until next week, we We will see you in the ring. ring.